Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. Hi, I'm Henry Davis, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led congregation. I want to welcome you to our radio broadcast. And remember, there's power at the park. if we can as we honor the word of the Lord as we turn our attention to the Old Testament in this worship experience to the book of Isaiah Isaiah chapter 7 that's where we pick up our reading and most specifically verse 10 New Living Translation later the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation. Ahaz, make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. He said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience. Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. By the time this child is old enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong, he will be eating yogurt and honey. For before the child is that old, the lands of the two kings you fear so much will both be deserted. Then the Lord will bring things on you, your nation and your family, unlike anything since Israel broke away from Judah, he will bring the king of Assyria upon you. Thus far, the words of God. You may go to your seats around the building. I want to come back in this setting to that 14th verse, Isaiah chapter 7, 14. Of course, these are words that we find in Scripture. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. He will give birth to a son. We'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I want to talk in this, sub, in this service from the theme, you should have listened to me. You should have listened to me. Sometimes we've heard that course persons who have talked to us after we have made some error, some mistake they tried to direct you, they were trying to direct you and ultimately trying to protect you they knew that you could get into some trouble 
danger was ahead, you should have listened to me. The words of a wise sage, a parent, guardian, someone who is walking in the spirit, should have listened to me. Many of us, those words came back to us, maybe not those exact words, but a memory came back to us. And that memory rushed us to make sure that we made worship, prayer, Bible a priority. You should have listened to me. I didn't want you to have a wrecked life, a jacked up life. I did not want you to have a life of confusion, living beneath the blessing line. Any person who's in the spirit, you want the best for your offspring. You should have listened to me. Because we have gone through things, it does not mean we want others to go through what we went through. Matter of fact, we're here today by the grace of God. You should have listened to me. God was so gracious, so loving, so patient with us that he could look past all of these errors in life and be a God of indeed another chance. Should have listened. But we thank God that even though in our own weaknesses, we still serve a God who says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You should have listened to me. We look at our, our, our four parents and our, uh, those, our ancestors, those enslaved Africans who were taken from their homeland. But again, they were able to make it through because of prayer, worship, working hard all day in the heat of the sun, but then understanding that I can come to worship at night. Because worship is, again, the foundation. Everybody needs a great foundation. Last night's message in our Saturday night worship, I was talking about persons who only have a surface faith. They look good on the outside, but they are a mess on the inside. They have all of the drivings. They do all the things, and they're working from the outside in as opposed to working from the inside out and understanding some things only God can do. You should have listened to me. That's the backdrop of this, these, these words that we find in this seventh chapter of Isaiah. King Ahaz is getting ready to deal with some challenges potentially that lie ahead. And as he's getting ready to have this challenge, this major prophet by the name of Isaiah has a conversation with him. It is in the midst of that conversation that Isaiah is giving Ahaz a challenge. But Ahaz has already decided he's going in a different direction. Matter of fact, Ahaz does not sound much different than persons you've talked to. And you look them in the eyes and they look back at you. And sometimes they even nodded as if they understood 
and nodded as if they were going to follow through on whatever was given to them. But we look at this rehab. Ahaz had decided to go in a different direction from what Isaiah was pointing him to. This is not unusual. It's not unusual because what God is always trying to do, he's trying to speak to us. He's trying to release you into your destiny. And here Ahaz is talking to Isaiah as if he has all the answers. That's dangerous. You can never talk with somebody because obviously Isaiah was speaking on in a way that Ahaz couldn't even wrap his brain around. Here you are talking about a virgin. Here you are talking about uh, they're going to call this son Emmanuel, which means God is with us. All of this, you're laying all of that out there. And yet Ahaz thinks he has a better answer. He has a better answer. Okay, we're going to see how that's going to work. Matter of fact, you know that when sometimes when you're giving advice to somebody and say, you know, I've got to go ahead and try it for myself and then you go out there, try it for yourself and then you come back and what do you say? I should have I listened. I and what will you say? You should have listened to me. I was trying to help you, not hurt you. I want the best for you. I didn't want to destroy your life. I wanted to lift you to another level should listen to me. Three things we're going to look at in this service. We should want God to be with us in everything that we do. We don't need for God only to show up when we're in trouble. We need for God to lead and guide us and direct us and protect us every step of the way. Look at what can happen. We could, it could be carks, and I'm, I'm praying for uh, Eugene uh, Butch Shorter, who had a very serious accident, and I, and I saw the pictures of the car, and some of you saw the pictures of the car. He has a, he's walking on a cane now, but he could have lost his life because you look at the reality of the dangers of this world, and this world is filled with danger. That's why we got to listen to God. Lord, that's why we got to, before I start my day and before you start your day, you need to start your day. That's right, Sister Petty, in prayer. You start your day thanking God for yesterday, thanking your God for keep watching over me all night long. And now, dear God, I need for you to guide me. And I want to I wanna listen. So, so you, we should want God to be with us in everything that we do. Secondly, God wants more than just your words. Talk, 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 talk. Some folks, that's all they got. They All they got is talk. But what I want you to do is not just to articulate it, but I want you to demonstrate it. Live it out. Live it out. You and all around this room and on the internet and wherever persons are connecting, we look at how God is able to take us from where we are. He can take a mess and turn it into a miracle. And there are miracles in this room. We look at God who can look past our faults and see our needs. He wants more than just your words. Number three. You can't depend on anything nor anyone 
apart from God unless you're getting ready for disappointment. How many times have we been disappointed because we've put our faith in the wrong stuff? And it lets us down. We, we think if we get this, we're going to be happy. If we get that, we're going to be happy. If I can purchase this, I'm going to be happy. And you're still unhappy. But I need Jesus. And that's what now we live now in a, a society that is so materialistic. And we, got, and we have social media that's, that's just fooling people. I mean, there's so much stuff. Folk will take 30 pictures before they put one up and post it because they want to get the right angle. You see them now, you take the picture, then you got to come back and look at the picture, take it again. No, the lighting is not right. So you do all of that, and then you think that all these folk, everybody's happy, everybody's got perfect makeup, everybody's got a perfect look. No! It's not perfect. There's pain out there. There's disappointment out there. Uh, that sometimes you don't even feel like getting out of bed. You want to lay in the bed and pull your covers up and you want to keep them up and keep the shades down. You should listen to God. We got to listen to God because no matter how dark and depressing this world, and if you look, listen to the news every day, my God, I mean, it's just this tragedy, that tragedy, this gunfight. You got, you got, my God, you got folk robbing 7-Elevens and this, all, 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 right up down, right down the street from here. Where they just drove a vehicle right through the front door just to get the ATM out. Here, thank God they can't do it here. Unless they're going to fly a helicopter in here and crash it into the building. I'm thanking God we've got to make sure that we listen to God. First thing I said, number one, we should want God to be with us in everything that we do. In everything. To not just when, you know, uh, Sunday. No, not, no, we don't, I don't just need a Sunday God. I don't just need a sunshine God. I need a God who can shine when it's rainy, when it's cloudy, when it's stormy, when it's dark. I need God to be with us. I need God to be with us. Again, the end of verse 14, it said they would call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, what is also important, and this is really a deeper dive. We got some smart folk in here. I see Lawrence Hawkins walking in. He's got some deep folk and understand that really this verse is, on, is talking on two levels. On one level, it was talking in the immediate. The other level is talking in the future. It was talking about, of course, Ahaz was not connected, but his son Hezekiah was going to be a, of a different spirit. He was going to be a prayerful king. He was going to be a spiritual king. He was going to get rid of some of the a kind of idol worship that was going on. And in many cases, you might even say that Hezekiah was a pre-Jesus. And, and what, what Hezekiah ended up being, he ended up being a preview of a coming attraction. 
So, matter of fact, that's why we go to some movies because we see the trailer. And we see the trailer, and typically when you see the trailer, that will excite you that you now want to see the whole story. I wish I had a witness in here. So verse 15 says, by the time this child is old enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong, he will be eating yogurt and honey. Because all of us will have to make a decision between right and wrong. And it's not right in just in my sight. But it's got to be what is right in the eyesight of God. You can't determine what is right. You've got to lean and depend on God. Now, I, I thank God that I did not grow up with a parent who came to me on Sunday say, you want to go to church this morning? No. That would have been my answer. Every day. Do you want to go? No, I don't want to go. But 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 I but yeah. But I went, and and see, it wasn't it wasn't a choice. It wasn't a choice. Our parents told us because they started getting us ready on Saturday. You knew on Saturday that Sunday was coming. Come on, somebody, and then and you knew the schedule. You knew the time. You knew what time you were supposed to be ready. And and if you couldn't get ready and you couldn't make it to church, that means you were in for the day. Come on, somebody. It wasn't, I feel better now. Yeah, a little headache, that hill headache. Just, no, if you stayed home from church, you were staying home all day. And we'd be home playing in the yard. You'd be looking out the window. Come on, somebody. Now that's not a problem because, you know, you, you, run, you go through our streets now, every, all the kids, you know, where the kids go? All the kids inside. They all inside. Basketball courts empty. All the athletic fields are empty. Tennis courts all empty. You don't even see anybody around. And you wonder, where are they? But you have to realize that at one time we were more, we were more outdoors. We wanted to get outside. You remember when he said we want to go outside and play? It was, you know, play inside was not nothing like play outside. It was something about getting outside in the fresh air. And I'm thanking God that that's how God is trying to call us from where we are. So, so this, this child, uh, this, this, this God, this Christ, this Savior that is about to come, uh, this, he, he's going to be able to come. He's going to make a decision between what is right and what is wrong. But in the end of verse number 14, the word Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Our, our foreparents could say that. Booker T. Washington, Mary McLeod Bethune, Harriet Tubman. God is with us. Even, even when uh, separate but equal and, and not even being able to come, God is with us. Even, even when the uh, Methodist church in Philadelphia said that we're going to shut our doors and we're not going to let black folk pray with uh, white folk, but, but then they said, that's okay, we'll start our own movement that is now the African Methodist Episcopal Church because God is with us. And even when they had to worship in shacks, God is still with us. I'm reading a book now. need to get it in the bookstore. It's really a story about the late... Prathia Hall. Prathia Hall was really the, uh, the, the initial person that Dr. King heard 
in her prayer praying about, I have a dream. Again, Dr. King ended up going to Prathia Hall and said, I'm going to use that at some later point. Not to realize that it was going to be the March on Washington, one of the greatest speeches that we remember from Dr. King. But the other thing that I'm reading in this book about Prathia Hall, as you look at SCLC and SNCC, and they were working their way and trying to deal with voter registration and all the things were going on, and then they were burning the churches. They would, they would burn them down. They would, it, the churches who would say, you can have a freedom uh, a gathering, then the next day they would burn the church down. But the people, even though they burned the building down, they were still gathering prayer. One, one of the instances, it was, it was in, in one church in Georgia, and Prathia Hall was praying out there, and her voice was cracking. But the, even, you look at all the challenges of life and all the things we've had to come through, but, at, but we've got to make sure that I keep listening to God. I thank God for our, our four parents who did not give up. They had every reason, they had lynchings and all the things that were going on. They had every reason to give up, but they kept on pressing on. They had limited resources, but they didn't give up. One offered one door shut, but another door could open. They did not give up. And why do we have now a society where folk give up so easily? Even now, even now, I had gone to an athletic banquet some years ago, and the, the team... Uh, was they were being celebrated. They wanted to celebrate their year, and the team had lost every game. They were they were o and whatever. They lost every game that year, but they were they were they were celebrating uh, the players. Uh, they, they were celebrating the players. They they had all all of them got trophies. Now, now they they lost every game. And then uh, as they lost every game, and then at the end they said, we want to we wanna give out the most improved. And they gave out the most improved. And, and then after the, the big gift, the big trophy was the most valuable player. Now, 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 now I was thinking, Emmanuel, I said, you're giving out the most valuable player. Now, how valuable was he? You lost every game. I mean, it, it, you, lost, you lost by 20. Maybe you didn't have him, you'd have lost by 40. But why are we going to celebrate failure? Now, I understand. I understand we got sometimes, and many of us know that, and this is why we went through some hard things. We went through failure, and failure helped us to get better. I got cut from a team, less. And when I got cut from a team, when you got cut, the team I was trying out for was a football team. And you got, when you got cut, they would cut you on the spot. And when they cut you on the spot, you had to turn your uniform in immediately. <laughs> I want you to picture this. I left home thinking I was on the squad. And when I got cut, I had to go home, and I did not get replacement clothes. I walked in the house in my underwear. I was cut. But that was, an embar that was embarrassing. It was very embarrassing. I, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you that. 
I know I want you to think that I was always all pro, but I want you to know I got cut that year. But I said to myself, that will never happen again. When I came back the next year and I would get up, matter of fact, I'd get up royal on Sunday mornings. I'd get up on Sunday mornings and I would go run at the track. I would go run the stadium stairs. I did that before I went to church on Sunday because I was determined. I said, this comes about next time, I'm going to be ready. I said, I might not have size, but I'm going to have conditioning. And I, and I, and I am not going to allow whatever it was that stopped me this time, it will not stop me next time. And so when my football career ended, it ended because I decided it was over. Amen. That's another story, another sermon. I'm not going to deal with that uh, today. But, but I, it was my decision. And I was good with it then. By that time, I was, I was good with my decision. I was good with my decision. But, but I want you to know that sometimes when you deal with adversity, adversity can make you better. You can make you stronger. It can, it can give you another level of determination. I, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't need for you to tell me I was doing all right if I wasn't doing all right. And God sometimes has to challenge us. The second thing that I need to tell you is that God wants more than just your words. Look at the scripture. Verse 12, verse 13, it says, but the king refused. Again, uh, Isaiah had told him, I want you to make this as difficult. You can do whatever you want. You can whatever, say, ask God for whatever you want to ask God for. You can do it. And then he responds, I will not test the Lord like that. Now, when you read verse number 12, you think that's a noble statement. I will not test the Lord. You think that he is talking from a level of faith. But what he's really talking from is a level of arrogance. Some of us come to God and we come to God in arrogance. I, I'm not going to ask God for that. Why? You're not going to ask God for that because you think you can take care of it. That's why I go back to my first point. I can't do anything without God. And, and so with God, all things are possible. And so he said, I, 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 I will not test I will not, not test God. You, you, you see some Negroes like that. They think they, uh, they, they say su- they're so super spiritual. I'm not going to test God. I'm not going to. As if, because God can not only deal with the big things, he can deal with the little things. And sometimes it's the little things that can mess you up. Let me, okay, let, let, me, let me come get you. Steve, you a runner. A little pebble could get in your sneaker while you're running. And for a while, you're going you're gonna to try to ignore it. But if it gets itself and works itself to a certain position, it becomes uncomfortable. And you're either going to deal with it or going to be affected in a negative way later. It was small. And sometimes it's the small thing that can mess you up. That's what sin does. Sin wants to come in small. 
But then once it comes in, one of our mother points last night, it wants to take residence. It wants to get bigger. It wants to, it's one, it's wants to take more space in your life. And so you've got to decide, I'm not going to let you in. And so here it is. I'm not concerned about your words. Here it is, verse 13. Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? It's one thing for you not to listen to people, but it's another thing not to listen to God. God is trying to speak, and God is alive. He's alive. He's alive. While you're all by yourself, he's alive. He's speaking to you. He's saying a word to you. You you going from radio station to radio station, but God is showing up in your life and going from TV station and streaming and all these kind of things and the things that you have on your feed. Every, every now and then, stuff will show up on my feed. I wasn't looking for it. But it shows up on your feed because some that, that, that artificial intelligence knows what you are looking and searching for. And, and then all of a sudden it's going to put certain things in front of you. And sometimes there are messages that are going to come to you and they are messages meant specifically for you. For you. It's going to pause you where you are. So you can hear, what is it, God? that you want me to do. Ahaz was arrogant. Ahaz was not led by God. And Ahaz is heading for destruction. Because when you take God out of the picture and out of the equation, you're heading for destruction. Our community is, 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 is a mess today because we've taken God out of the picture. And we replaced them with other stuff. We replaced them with music. And I was talking with a friend of mine, and uh, and 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 he's he's one who loves old school rap. And uh, he says, you know, I wanted to put a post up, and I wanted to get some new school rap because I wanted to put it up. And he said, man, have you listened to the music lately? He says, I couldn't find anything, anything of value. I couldn't find a thing. I, I, I'm, a, I'm old school rap. But I'm trying to find some value in new school rap. I can't find anything. It's just not there. I'm not knocking. I'm not because we have young people in this worship and young people watching online. But I want you to understand that you've got to be careful about what it is you take in. You've got to be careful. Because Satan wants to steal, kill, destroy. That's his M.O. And he can do it with a beat. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to mess, mess with you today. I'm not, I'm not going to come at you too hard. I, thank, thank God that, that some of you have made it out. Thank God that some of you have been delivered. Thank God that he threw out the lifeline. 
I know, I know, I know, I know. Years ago, we couldn't have made it to this service. It was definitely too early. We couldn't, we couldn't have made it. Maybe the next one. But we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have been at this one. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have been at this one. No way, Jose Blade. No way. But we've grown to the point where now we know what is valuable, what is needed, what is necessary. Ahaz, must you exhaust the patience of my God? Here's my last point and I'm through. You can't depend on anything or anyone apart from God unless you're getting ready for disappointment. When you have put your faith and your focus and what the words of the late A. Lewis Patterson of Houston, Texas in creature comforts, we, the, thing, the, the created thing, not, not, the, not the creator, but the created. And you start putting your focus on the created instead of the creator, you're in a dangerous place. You should have listened to me. You should have listened to me. Because, because if you keep reading in this passage, you realize that Ahaz will eventually deal with destruction. It's, it's, all, it's, all, it's, it's, in, it's like in the words of, of uh, Malcolm X, the chickens are going to come home to roost. Your sins will find you out. What you did in the dark is going to come into the light. I wish I had a witness here. Ahaz, I, I, I know, I know, I know you, you have position and you have human power, but you don't have divine power. And you don't have all power. Only God has that. So Ahaz, you can, you, can, you can have the words, but not the actions. But you can be headed for disappointment. Disappointment is right around the corner. Verse 16 says, For before the child is old, and the lands of two kings, all, all the things you fear so much, will both be deserted. Then the Lord will bring things on you, your nation and your family. Unlike anything since Israel broke away from Judah, he will bring the king of Assyria upon you. Ahaz thought he had all the answers. And what Isaiah was really saying, you don't know what's getting ready to come. But you need to know that you need to put your hand in the hands of God. Because when your hands are in the hands of God, you can be ready for whatever challenge that could come your way. Matter of fact, Isaiah said, you can ask of God anything. Make it as high as you want. Make it as low as you want. Because whatever you ask of God, he can meet you right where you are. I wish I had a witness here. Somebody knows that today. He has met us right where we were. Thank you, Lord. Weary, worn, and sad. Thank you, Lord, for loving me in spite of me. Thank you, Lord, for fighting my battles. Thank you, Lord, for covering me. Do I have a witness?
That's why I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I will lift up my hands. I will throw back my head. And I will give God the glory. I'm thanking God that just a little talk with Jesus can make everything all right. Good morning, Highland Park. May the Lord bless you real good. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that is done for me, my soul got to cry out. Hallelujah. I will praise your holy name. Say yes. Say yes. You should have listened to me. Now, the great thing is, God doesn't talk to us like that. He doesn't say, if you'd have listened to me, you wouldn't have gotten in this. That was Isaiah talking. But God is different. You can't exhaust him. He's inexhaustible. You can't wear God out. You can't outrun his love. None of that. Isaiah could only talk about God from his perspective. But look at God. Look at what he's watched over. How he's kept us. How he's keeping us. How he's making a way out of nowhere. He don't say that. He could. You should have listened to me. But he don't do that. He say, all he'll say is, if you made up your mind right now, we're not going to hold your past against you. We're going to take you from right now and we're going to go forward. No baggage, no luggage, but we're going to take you from right now to where it is I want to take you. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I don't know what your past has looked like. And yes, God could have said you should have listened to me, but I'm, I'm listening now. And right now, all I have to do is say yes to you. Thank you, God. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for saying, here I am, Lord. Send me. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. You've been listening to the radio broadcast of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park and Landover, Maryland. If you want to receive a CD or DVD of what you have just heard, please call 301-773-6655 or visit us on the World Wide Web fbhp.org and remember there's power at the park I work, I work